Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Have you ever thought of it like this? Be so busy about the things of God that you don't have time for the flesh? That's what it means to walk in the Spirit, be busy in the Spirit. So busy in the Spirit that you don't have time for the flesh. Because when you have all this time on your hands, oh my goodness. You know, I call them the big three. The devil, the world, and the flesh. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to have a shift in how you think about making mistakes and the things of God. Oftentimes in our lives, we can become so busy that we forget to do the work of the Lord. But what if we became so busy with the work of God that we simply didn't have time for the things of sin? That's a different perspective. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and Lord willing, we're going to actually finish not only the chapter, but the epistle. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church there in Thessalonica, and in verse 6 says, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ... We command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves, verse 7, know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor Did we eat anyone's food without paying for it? On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even, verse 10, when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people, listen to the strength of this, we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, verse 13, never tire of doing what is good. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that, get this, They may feel ashamed, yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them 
as you would a fellow believer. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. He has to emphasize that because of a forgery, a letter that was circulating there that was uh, not from him, but uh, supposedly from him that was causing a lot of problems there, and that's why he ends that way. So <laughs> today I want to talk with you. Actually, I don't want to talk to you about this, but <laughs> this is what the text is about. It's about troublemakers in the church, and more specifically, how we as Christians are to respond. Here in the text before us today, the Apostle Paul is making it very clear in no uncertain terms how it is that we're to deal with those that are causing problems within the church, those that are troublemakers they're 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 causing problems they're 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 just troublemakers and before we dive into this i think it would be helpful to have a bit of the backstory it'll be germane to our understanding of what's here before us today first it seems that there were those in the church who were not working. They were just sitting around, idle. And uh, some suggest that they were actually going to the other extreme and just sitting around waiting for the rapture to happen. Because that's what these epistles were about. Specifically, the context in which Paul writes them is, especially in this second epistle, it is concerning the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. So it seems that there was a group of people that were doing nothing. They quit their jobs. After all, Lord's coming back. And they had become a financial burden on the church. And they were also causing problems within the church. Uh, this statement that Paul makes when he writes, they, they're not busy, they're busy bodies. Oh my goodness, how true is that? You know that saying, doubtless you've heard it said before, idle hands are the devil's workshop. I'm going to take it further. I, I almost picture, you know how you know, we're tempted by the devil. Did you ever think, think of it like this? We can actually tempt the devil with our idleness. I don't think he can resist that temptation. He sees an idle Christian. <laughs> you know when Paul admonishes us to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh? Have you ever thought of it like this? Be so busy about the things of God that you don't have time for the flesh. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit, be busy in the Spirit. So busy 
in the Spirit that you don't have time for the flesh. Because when you have all this time on your hands, oh my goodness. You know, I call them the big three. The devil, the world, and the flesh are against us all the time. And will be this side of heaven. But when it comes to the flesh, (laughs) time is not your friend. They had all this time, and not only were they getting into trouble, they were causing trouble. And not only were they causing trouble in the church, they were a burden on the church. Hebrews 13, 17. You'll forgive me if this verse sounds self-serving. You'll know as I read it here. The writer of Hebrews says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Yeah! Here's why. Because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Right there. I know I mentioned that on occasion. This is such an occasion, I think, I would do well to mention it again. I will one day, soon and very soon I believe, have to give an account for what I did as the pastor of this God's church. I will have to give an account. Now the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, do this so that their work will be a joy not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Is it okay if I just read that again, that last part? I'm going to anyway. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. If you're going to be a troublemaker, and you're going to be a burden, and you're going to be a problem, You do so to your own peril. Not to mention what you do to us. I mean, I'm not soliciting sympathy here when I say this. But, you know, it's hard enough (laughs) as a pastor and a teacher of God's Word, as is my privilege, of course. But it's hard enough. And to be a troublemaker, see, we've been given this privilege, this high calling, of overseeing the flock of God to which we will give an account one day. And this is a serious and and sobering truth in God's Word for every pastor. This is why James says that those who desire to do this, it's a noble thing, but you, you had better count the cost. Because those that are in those positions of authority, certainly those that teach the Word of God, will be judged by a much stricter measure because of that and for that reason. So the writer of Hebrews is is really saying, don't be a problem. Don't be a troublemaker. And if you are a troublemaker, Paul's going to tell us how to deal with it. So here we go. Have nothing to do with them. 
That's how we're going to deal with it. All right, let's close in prayer, and we'll... That's what he's saying. You know what's sad is, it seems that this was going on since Paul started the church. And it seems to be why he addresses this in his first letter, but he goes from warning them in his first letter to a command in his second letter, because it seems that they did not take heed to that warning. And now because they haven't taken heed to that warning, Paul is saying, you have nothing to do with them. Do not associate with them. Wow, where's the love? We're going to talk about that. In his first letter, chapter 5, verse 14, he says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. In other words, that's what this church was dealing with. They were dealing with people who were very discouraged and disheartened. They were dealing with people who were very weak. They were dealing with people who were idle and disruptive. And they were dealing with people that required a lot of patience. (laughs) That's what he's saying. When he writes to Titus in chapter 3, verses 10 through 11, it's more specific Because he says the same thing, only he sort of takes it a step further. Listen to what he says. Warn, there's the warning again, warn a divisive person once. A troublemaker, warn him once, and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. And here's why. And this might jam some gears, or again, a more modern metaphor, crash some hard drives. (laughs) But here's the reason why. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. Don't even associate with them. Don't Certainly don't argue with them. To have nothing to do with them. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. This is probably, I would venture to say, maybe one of the most disobeyed passages in all of Scripture. Jesus is speaking, and he says, If your brother or sister sins... Go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. Stop right there. Come on. We don't do that. Somebody sins against me, I'm posting on Facebook. Right? Come on, don't look all spiritual. If I don't post on social media, you know what I do? Someone someone wrongs me, sins against me. I call up somebody else. Can you believe what they did? Really? Jesus says, don't do that. Go to them. Go to them. Just between you and them. And point it out to them. Say, hey, brother, sister, 
uh, you hurt me. You sinned against me. That was very offensive to me. And try to work it out. If they listen to you, Jesus says, you have won them over. That's the first thing and the first step. Well, what if that doesn't happen? Well, then that's verse 16. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, not everybody in your gossip group, take one or two others along, preferably witnesses, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This has the idea of those who are familiar with the situation, a witness to it, eyewitness, if you will. You take two or more, because that is how it is established, by the testimony of two or more witnesses, two or three witnesses. Well, verse 17 tells us what to do if they still won't listen and won't receive it. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. So what we're going to do now is one by one have... No, I'm just kidding. You see the look on some of your faces like, no, what? We're going to tell it to you. Everything. I have a whole list. It's going to take me a little while. hope you got time, but that's not what he's saying. You take it to the church leadership. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, this is Jesus speaking, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. How about that? Wow. You mean, okay, so I go one-on-one, just between the two of us, they don't receive it, I don't win them over, I take two or three witnesses, they still don't listen, I bring it to the church leadership, the leadership approaches them, confronts them, they still don't listen, now I'm supposed to treat them as I would somebody that works for the IRS. You have to understand that the tax collectors were despised in that day, which is kind of interesting because... Matthew was a tax collector. (laughs) I'm like, oh, dude. Okay, I digress. This is the template. This is what Jesus is saying and Paul is echoing. It's the same truth as the Savior himself taught And in so doing, he provides us with this, I'll call it a three-pronged biblical template. Warn them, warn them once, warn them twice, third time, have nothing to do with them. Go to them one-on-one, if they don't receive it, take two or three witnesses, if they still don't receive it, third time, take it to the church, if they still don't receive it, have nothing to do with them. Don't associate with them. If warning them doesn't work, then have nothing to do with them. And it's not like, you know, kick them out of the church, wash your hands of them, shake the sand off your slippers. (laughs) It's not like that. It's more like this. Have nothing to do with them 
so that they will be ashamed in a sanctified way and come to their senses and repent. You know that we have an example. It's pretty graphic. I will warn you. We have a graphic example and detailed example of this in Paul's letters to the Corinthian church. So they had this guy who was in open sexual sin in the church, and it was causing a lot of problems, and they weren't dealing with it. So in chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians, listen to this. Paul writes, verse 1, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, presumably his stepmother. And verse 2, not only were they not confronting it, they were proud of it. They were boasting about it. Paul says, and, and you are proud? Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Kick him out! For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I've already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So, when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and I am, (laughs) you know, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And so thankful he doesn't stop there, because he goes on to say, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Stay with me on this. This is very important. This church thought that they were so loving, so accepting, And they were boasting about it. They were proud of, look at how loving we are. Hey, you just come as you are. You do whatever you want. We're not going to confront you. Because we're a loving church. let's Let's all have a group hug. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking you through the book of 2 Thessalonians, a New Testament letter that gives practical application of faith in Christ, as well as information about the end times. There's much more to learn, so be sure to tune in again for In Spirit and Truth. If you'd like to hear more from this teaching or other messages from Pastor J.D., visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com today. You can also download our mobile app, allowing you to carry biblical teaching with you wherever you go. You'll find a link to download this at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor JD's weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor JD takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe 
and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, including those found in 2 Thessalonians, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as our website. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to join us for our worship services this weekend. You'll be able to get service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website. One more time, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in 2 Thessalonians and that you'll continue studying this fascinating book on your own. Tune in next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. With your will, holding me true.